you're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So Chris O'Brien is back this week. Last week he was off trying to have some R&R, but you ended up actually doing some work. Yeah, I did. It was a huge party. Many came, there were many bands to coordinate, and videos to be shot, and recording, audio recordings to be made, and lots of gorgeous girls in slinky outfits. Uh, I mean, it was fun. I worked pretty much the whole time, but had a great time, especially my last day that was out relaxing on the boat, catching some sun, little R&R. I was hoping to get a couple of Z's, but oh well. Still catching up in some regard. Reminds me of the days I used to go on the convention circuit. I go over to UFO conventions and I hope to get a few days relaxation. And you end up going to the convention, meeting up with people, and they say, hey, we've got a party here in this hotel room. Maybe meet up with us or we just hang out with a few people all night. And by the time we got home, having to go back to work. And those no. days, it wasn't always so easy. No, no. And, and that was this past weekend with... All the folks that turned out for the Skyfire Summit up in Heber, Arizona. A good time was had by all. I volunteered. I helped park cars. I was um, referred to by the organizer as her bitch. I'm not sure how I should take that. Karen's um, an intimidating sort. So I just, uh, you know, rolled up my sleeves and applied a little elbow grease on a couple of situations. And hopefully my... uh, my presence was appreciated. I didn't get myself into any at least obvious trouble, so I, I must have done pretty good. Well, definitely. Tell us more about the event, though. Now, this is the 40th anniversary of the Travis Walton abduction, right? Correct. And we had uh, a number of the original forest workers uh, that were on the team that witnessed Travis's uh cavalier movements of running out (laughs) underneath the craft and getting zapped. Yeah, there were uh, quite a number of notables. James Fox and Tracy Torme were there talking about their 701 movie project. I want to ask you before we go on, the development of that film had been stalled, I don't know, maybe for fundraising or something. How's it going now and when is it going to be released? Is there a release time frame? Well, you know, they're going to kind of revamp and go back to um I think at least I'm not I'm not really sure totally I can't really speak for them but but it appears like you know the expensive sort of create a whole fictionalized version of the story reenactments uh, in other words well no uh but to actually weave some sort of dramatic storyline through sure you know the 701 cases or whatever that uh, remain uh, classified as unidentified in Project Blue Book, which is, you know, the whole idea of the movie. But their vision for it was a little bit too far-reaching. I think they're pulling back and and going more with your conventional sort of reenactments, um, you know, documentary, docudrama style, which they were really trying to avoid. But, you know, I think reality has kind of kicked in. They've had a number of uh, potential funding arrangements that uh, have not completely panned out um they've had quite a bit of funding up till now to get the project you know to where it is now but but they they do need 
a lot of money for post-production and, and finishing up the reenactments and, and what have you. You know, again, I'm not really uh, privy to the insider information on all that. Uh, at least I can't really speak for them. I think, um, you know, the project needs to be presented to the public at its various phases by individuals who are um, part of the project. I am not officially a, a PR person for 701 by any stretch, but, you know, I support their efforts. I've known Tracy for many years, uh, over 20 years. Uh, James, I really appreciate his vision, his, you know, visual acuity as a cinematographer and a, a filmmaker. I, I think he's one of the best that we have in the realm. The thing to bear in mind here, too, is that as we all know, making a film, a really good quality film, is very expensive. Yes, you have these occasional things like a paranormal activity, found footage kind of thing that could be done on the cheap. But if you really want something with the best quality equipment and really good production values, we're talking about some kind of multi-million dollar project. Yeah. And it's yeah. not easy to raise money, even in the best of times. And even when you get the money for... Something that looks like a A-list movie, like the recent Steve Jobs movie with the Aaron Sorkin screenplay and everything, that one costs over thirty million to make, and it bombed. Right. So you know it's not easy, and nothing's guaranteed. So we understand the difficulties, and we wish him luck. We should bring them on the show again in the near yep. future and talk about Seven O One, the movie. Anything else of interest from that event? Well, when they went out to uh, the actual site out in the woods uh, over by the Mogollon Rim. Uh, I guess initially the Thursday bus had to be canceled because of the snow Wednesday night. So they rescheduled both buses to go out there on Sunday after the conference was officially over. I did not go there. I had too much to do. I needed to get back. But based on some photographs I saw on social media, it looked like uh, at least one of the buses got stuck. Uh, from what I hear, um, a couple did. But uh, that didn't dissuade people from, you know, having a good time out there at uh, one of the m most notorious uh, locations in the annals of, well, definitely abductions, but uh, in the annals of ufology. Uh, I think the Walton case has uh, stood the test of time. Uh, there's been quite a number of people that have come down against it over the years, but I mean, we, we have not seen really any wiggle in the whole block of, of it's just, a, to me, it's a monolithic case because it's never, there's never been any chinks in the armor. I mean, Phil Class or whomever offering $10,000 for someone who come out and say it was all a hoax but have to prove it. Uh, the lie detector tests. Um, there's a lot about the case that are really iconic and, and I, I think deserve deserve the amount of attention that it gets. You know, when Travis or any of his family go off into that thousand yard stare, um, it just it strikes home. They're, they're definitely that man experienced something, whether it was what people think it is, ETs from other planets or whatever. Um, you know, I think the, the writing is on the wall that, um, there are many, many more unanswered questions about the Walton case than we have answers for. And that to me is a hallmark of a real case that is worthy of the attention and worthy of discussion. So, of course, anything that relates to UFO abductions is troublesome because of the controversies and we won't get to back to the certain former history professor. 
that was the subject of so much controversy well, in our what forums. What about the supportive cases, Gene? Um, the month before the Walton case, we had the largest and only wave of cattle mutilations in Arizona right along the rim there. And then a month after the Walton case, we have a very well-documented, uh, in terms of my personal opinion, case that uh, occurred between Witch Wells and, and the Zuni Reservation that features my close friend Clifford Mahoudi and his family. And to be there at the Pueblo and be finally told after being in denial for 35 years, his father finally came forward and, and walked me through his recollections of a very enigmatic uh, object hovering over the, the Pueblo and right over their house. No, it's some interesting things that we really should explore in future episodes. Now, we've got some really fascinating guests today. We have the return of Leslie Kane, who's been on before. She's an investigative reporter who got involved in UFOs. We're also introducing to the show Mark Rodiger, who is the head of the J. Allen Hynek Center for UFO Studies. And I knew Hynek, you know, for a short time in the years before he died. So this is going to be very interesting because they have a brand new project called UFO Data, a UFO detection and tracking project to set up a network of automated surveillance stations with sensors in different parts of the world. This is hard scientific research into UFOs. It's coming up next with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TechNightOwl for a special discount. First game attack of the rockoids and it was a critically acclaimed success and now there is the coming of the protectors a former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the earth this is gripping science fiction of the classic kind attack of the rockoids and the coming of the protectors find out more at rockoids.com that's rockoids r-o-c-k-o-i-d-s dot com we all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today.
A lot of people's lives and bodies are out of balance. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops optimize pH level and get rid of harmful waste and acid. Just a few drops in water restores vibrance and energy and gets you back in balance. Now order two bottles and get $10 off your order. Sign up for monthly auto shipping and save 25%. Call 800-518-7615 or visit alkavision.com. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at alkavision.com. My name is Bill Bonner, and I have an important message. Right now, the highest levels of government are struggling against an inevitable crisis, but they're about to lose control. When this happens, it will rip our country apart in ways you never imagined, from where we shop to the family you want to protect. Look, I've made predictions like this before. A few years ago, I warned that the housing prices would collapse. Before that, I warned that dot-com companies would crash, and they did. Those who listened had a chance to save themselves. But this has nothing to do with the stock market. This will affect us all. I've posted a free video at disappearingdollar.com. Maybe you'll disagree with my conclusions, but first, you need to watch this video and see the facts for yourself. You can watch the video for free right now by going to disappearingdollar.com. Again, that's disappearingdollar.com. I want to be able to smoke inside, cut down on cigarettes, jog without wheezing, be kissable, and save money. Then you want the SIG e-cigarettes. Get the highest quality, best tasting vaping experience on the market with unmatched customer service from the SIG. And right now, gobble up this deal. Buy $30 worth of any products and get a starter kit for only $5. Use code SK at checkout. But hurry, offer good only until Thanksgiving at lesig.com. L-E-C-I-G.com. Kick some ash with Lesig. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Before we go on, I got to tell you about something that's happening very soon on Paracast Plus and may have already happened. By the time you hear the show, we have a slight price increase for Paracast Plus. So the monthly price goes up from $5 a month to $6 a month. If that seems like much, there are other shows out there that charge up to $9 a month for the premium versions. What we're talking about here with Paracast Plus is the ad-free version of the Paracast, the exclusive After the Paracast podcast. We've added show transcripts, and Chris is finalizing some video content So the Paracast video channel is coming soon, but it takes a lot of work to, of course, edit down those videos so they work well on a mobile device or on a personal computer without chewing up lots of bandwidth but still look good. So we're working on it. It's going to happen. To learn more, go to plus.theparacast.com. That's plus.theparacast.com. And we'll tell you about the pricing, how to sign up and everything for long-term memberships to give you free eBooks from Chris O'Brien. And I've added also for the lifetime memberships, we might even give you a copy of Attack of the Rockoids, which is a science fiction novel that my son Grayson and I wrote. So lots of special offers, but the great advantage of the ad-free version of this show after the Paracast and everything. The price goes up on November 16th. So if you catch it before then, and you subscribe, you lock in the rate. As long as your subscription remains in force, plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. 
We're talking today about the UFO Data Project with Leslie Kane, who's been on the show several times before, and we welcome a new friend of the show, Mark Rodiger. He heads up the J. Allen Hynek Center for UFO Studies, probably one of the most prestigious UFO organizations around the world. And before we get to Mark, Leslie, I just wanted a bit of an update here. Since you're the cheerleader for UFO Data, how did you get involved? (laughs) Well, actually, I knew Alex Went, who was who wrote a chapter for my book, an absolutely brilliant chapter in my book. And I knew he was interested in doing something like this. And a number of years ago, I, I was just in communication with him and we had a meeting at um, a local, well, I won't say where because I'm not supposed to, but I guess, right, Mark? But anyway, right. there was a group of us that all came together to kind of brainstorm some organization like this. And and Mark and Alex had pulled in a lot of really outstanding scientists, and we had presentations from them, and we were linked up through Skype to people in other parts of the world. And so I was just sort of on the in the initial meeting in which we kind of launched the whole project. And I've been very interested in it because, um, you know, as a journalist, I'm interested in getting more data and more information that's factual about UFOs. So this is the kind of thing I'm, I'm very much interested in and really want to support. And so I've just been kind of in touch with these guys. And then when we did the launch about a, five or six weeks ago, I wrote an article for the Huffington Post to kind of um, get it out onto the map. And that's how the whole launch began. Now, one of the things that interests me is the potential of a project like this, because the biggest thing about UFOs, of course, is the fact that we have a large collection of anecdotal data to deal with. But getting hard scientific evidence over the years has been difficult. And I know we have problems with just having enough money to do it because a lot of organizations have to kind of run things on a low budget. It's not that we have lots of rich people who are willing to give to UFO research. Now, Mark, tell our listeners about your background, how you got involved in this affair, UFOs. Uh, I'd be happy to do that, uh, Gene and Chris. I was uh, a college student uh, in the early 1970s uh, who had been interested in UFOs for uh, many a year, as so many of us were who grew up in the 60s when sightings were fast and furious. And Alan Hynek started the Center for UFO Studies uh, in Evanston after the great wave in 1973. And I uh, read about the beginnings of it, and I actually grew up in northwest Indiana, not in the, in the Chicago suburbs, effectively. And I thought, you know, when I go home from school for summer, I've got to contact him and, and see if I can get involved. So, you know, one thing led to another. Um, and I, I was able to to convince him to uh, let me volunteer and uh, began to do things there and have maintained uh, my interest and involvement um, ever since. Now, as some of our listeners know, I met Dr. Hynek several times. I interviewed him And he always struck me as being such a kind, gentle person. And I always wished I could have had a college professor like him. He was the uh, a classic college professor in the absent-minded category. Uh, but as you say, warm, generous, wonderful teacher. The absent-minded uh, category, though, just one anecdote, quick one comes to mind, is that he managed to leave his briefcase one day on the Chicago L going back to Evanston. And that's like uh, the New York subways, by the way, if you want a comparison. That's right. And fortunately, he got it back. You know, those were the days, right, when uh, people returned things. Yeah, uh, they'd sell it on eBay. Uh, exactly. Uh, but yeah, he was, and he was wonderful to be around. Uh, he was jovial. Um, he liked to meet people. One thing that was different about him compared to most, uh, you know, hard scientists, physical scientists, 
uh, is that he liked people and, and liked being around people. And so he enjoyed interviewing witnesses to cases and hearing their stories. Um, and uh, that, of course, is a tremendous benefit for anybody who wants to go out and study UFOs in the field uh, by getting witness testimony. And, and the, in that sense, the, um, the Air Force didn't know who they were picking when they chose uh, him to be their chief consultant for Project Blue Book. Of course, you know, he was criticized early on as being a debunker. And then, of course, we have the marsh gas explanation for sightings in Michigan. And, of course, that inspired hearings about UFOs in the late 60s, brought about the Condon Report, the Air Force giving up UFO research. But, obviously, Dr. Hynek realized over time there was a lot more happening with UFOs. And even when I interviewed him in the 70s, I could see his views were migrating and becoming more expansive as to the possibilities. But how did you come to head up this organization? Um, well, I, you know, sometimes you just have to hang around. What is it Woody Allen says? 98% of life is showing up or, or something. I think that's uh, about actors say that too. As long as you show up, you watch your mark, you'll do okay. Mm -hmm. Right. So I guess I did the same thing at the center. Uh, you know, I, I, I hung in there. I joined the board formally uh, in 1980, I believe. Um, and uh, Allen um, semi-retired in 1984 from the center. Uh, moved to Arizona to a warm climate and uh, got involved uh, down there with some other UFO-related activities. Still was on the board, but wasn't as active. But he was still nominally the head of the organization. Uh, but we had talked about this, and not that he expected to pass away as soon as he did in 1986. But he said to me, you know, and, and to the board, you know, I, I looked around here and I wanted to find somebody who was younger who had the energy and the drive to to run this place and, you know, Mark's the guy. So when I can no longer do it, you know, I'd like to see him become my successor. And unfortunately, that was that turned out to be much sooner than we thought. Yes, I think he died of a brain tumor, was it? Yes, a brain okay. tumor. Yeah, just, it, you know, they go very quickly for most people, and even now, even with cancer's treatment being so improved. Uh, so, yeah, it was just nine months. Now, he was really somebody I missed because I had, in addition to meeting him a few times, a few conversations over the phone, just a really great guy and really a big loss to the field. Let's talk more about your involvement and what the organization is doing today and how you got involved in the UFO Data Project and many thousands of other questions in our next segment. <laughs> we have Mark Rodiger, Leslie Kane with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. 
owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. If you're like me, you're concerned about the stock market and the economy. You're asking the questions, but it just doesn't seem that you're getting the right answers. Well, my friends at the Wealth Preservation Institute not only have the answers, but they've put together a free report, How to Survive the Upcoming Economic Collapse and Protect Your 401Ks, IRA Savings, and Retirement Income. Don't hesitate. This report's for free for a limited time by calling 888-772-2929. That's 888-772-2929. Take back your financial lives today. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. With Gene and Chris in the Paracast, Leslie Kane, Mark Rodiger, 
Mark, so you became the head of the organization by showing up, which is pretty good. Today, 2015, what sort of activities is the Center for UFO Studies involved in? Less that we'd like to for a variety of reasons, uh, but I would say that they focus on archival preservation uh, first and foremost, meaning that we know that it's important to uh, be able to obtain the files of longtime researchers. I can tell you, I can't reveal details because we're right in the middle of negotiations, but a well-known long-time investigator who hadn't been active recently passed away. We've been, you know, um, talking to uh, people connected to him about you know, his files, and, and this is quite uh, common. This comes up regularly. So that's one thing. And then, of course, we scan them you know, and, and all of that. You know, we, we still have ongoing interest in physical trace cases. If we can find them, you probably have had on guests who've talked about the evolution of the types of sightings that have been going on, you know, since the 70s or so and, and how they've changed. Uh, no. And one of the most dramatic changes has been the uh, reduction in close encounter cases of all types, right. uh, but particularly those with physical evidence. That Go leads ahead. us, uh, Mark, to several questions that we have for you later uh, at forum.theparacast.com, where our listeners actually ask questions of our guests. There's a bunch of them. Uh, this one from San Mark, to what extent has KUFOS received reports of close encounters over the uh, last few years, particularly landings and reports of objects hovering near the ground. Right, and and the answer is, uh, you know, we don't receive as many reports as we used to because we we are we have not been for years a major reporting organization. You know, that's MUFON, that's New Fork with Peter Davenport. Um, but I monitor those databases closely, and we still do some, receive some reports. And uh, as with those two other organizations, very few. Um, true close encounter cases occur. You know, one of my earliest interests in the field was vehicle interference reports where uh, somebody's car uh, or truck uh, is affected by a UFO. Well, those are, they used to be about 15 or 20 per year worldwide. Not a large number, but still enough to study. Now it's one or two, perhaps. Um, so what is that, 90% less? Um, and there, the same thing is true with uh, CE3, the classic CE3 cases right. where people see a humanoid. Same thing's true with the physical trace cases like Ted Phillips and others have studied. Now, that's interesting here. We've had Ted Phillips on the show, by the way, several times. But just focusing on the change in cases. So we're talking here about the fact that the close-up cases and the physical trace, that happened more often a while back. But now it's back to just seeing things in the sky mostly? Um, to a certain extent, yes. And uh, just to link that to UFO data, by the way, you, you, you know, we uh, it wasn't the driving force completely in in like the what we're trying to measure for the UFO data project that we'll talk about later. But the UFO data project is not expecting that we're going to have things landing close to our stations. Um, we are expecting that we're going to be uh, trying to measure and detect uh, the UFO phenomena at you know some distance in the sky, and that that'll be great because our instruments will be able to do that. Uh, but yes, uh, you know, getting back to your question, um, the uh, you know cl close encounters, and and you know Ted knows that um, we we used to regularly get cases where you could take stuff into the labs um, and and look at them. I mean, angel hair cases, right? When's the last time that we've had? a quality angel hair case. Just a few days ago in Arizona, actually. It's fun, you funny go. you should mention it. The, right. the first one I've seen in 
probably years. Yeah, great. I'd like to hear about it. But but your but Chris, your point is it, you know underscores mine, which is that you know you, there there you go, the first one in years. Yeah. Well, this is interesting too. I know we had a lot of those cases back in the 50s when you'd read Major Donald Kehoe's books. But, Mark, tell our listeners, because not everybody is up to speed on all the stuff that you and I and Chris and Leslie are talking about. Angel hair cases, what does that involve? Precisely what it sounds like? Um, well, of course, not precisely. Like, angels aren't involved, and it isn't really hair. Other than that, it's perfectly uh, <laughs> labeled. Um, but in the 1950s, um, you know, I, I can't say it was common, but it, it, it certainly wasn't so rare that, uh, you know, you shook your head and thought, now that's just a one-off, as the English would say. Um, typically, in a clear day, often in the fall, uh, witnesses would report seeing a disc or more than one in the sky, pretty high up, not close by, um, and they would then see, um, perhaps not coming from the disc, but in the vicinity of the disc, um, material falling from the sky or blowing in the sky, but eventually falling to the ground. Uh, this material really was more akin to spider webs, but not um, the kinds of spider webs that I have, you know, over if I look to the side here in my in the office, uh, but very, very uh, uh, thicker whiter, uh, you know, more voluminous. I mean, it would cover in the ground. You know, there are pictures showing it covering the ground. And um, the- Yeah, not as sticky as spider Right, not as sticky. Now, and and the the key physical feature of it, besides all those things, is that people claimed that they collected it and put it into a jar that that would sublimate, it would evaporate, which, of course, spider webs don't do. Um. It was collected, uh, rarely, but samples were collected that sometimes didn't uh, sublimate. Analysis was done. A guy named Brian Boldman, who passed away a few years ago, was the uh, the most recent researcher who did a, uh, a more sophisticated view of the, of the phenomena statistically. And then uh, some analysis has been done uh, recently on a couple of potential angel health samples by Phyllis Budinger, the, a chemist who has been looking at UFO samples for many years now. And um, nothing definitive was shown except that I believe it was shown to be not spider webs. Uh, but the source of it, it was is, of course, you know, still to be determined. Now, there are reports of quote-unquote angel hair that have clearly been spider webs because spiders do something called blooming in the fall where often young spiders in the, in the millions will travel on webs across the sky to migrate. Um, and these webs then fall to the ground, and, and they can be uh, large in number. And, and the key, though, is if you look at them, you know what you see on them is a small spider or two or a thousand. Um, that wasn't true for angel hair. Now, where the angel hair was collected in a jar and disappeared, there was no residue whatever left by no, you know, the the jar wasn't airtight. We, we're not talking, you know, high-tech physics technology where if you did that, you could analyze the atmospheric gases. Uh, you know, perhaps in one case, my memory, you know, isn't uh, perfect. So maybe in one case, somebody tried to do that. But in general, those jars were not, you know, such that the sample jars were not, you know, you couldn't do anything like you're suggesting. Right. Completely isolated. Yeah. Right. Okay. Other than something really weird, is there a conventional or potential conventional explanation for something like angel hair? That's something that just would seem to evaporate. Uh, well, you know, I uh, <laughs> not really. No, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I, again, I'm 
casting my mind back to what I've read about it. I, you know, I wish I'd seen it myself. I've talked to people who have built well, I, I have an example that I did see myself. We're not talking angel hair, but we are talking a strange kind of yellowish, oily kind of marmalade substance that um, has been found on mutilated cattle. And in my very first field investigation, I have videotape of me collecting about enough to put a good blob on a quarter. So um, about a level teaspoon of this material was put, filmed, and put in a film container. Tape was wrapped around it. I signed my name on it. It was overnighted that day to Denver uh, to Dr. John Altschuler, a hematologist. And when he pulled the tape off and opened that film container, he could detect nothing uh, scientifically uh, had been in there except for film. And... uh, the stuff that you see on the video, me putting in the container, wrapping it up and sending it off to Denver, which is about 180 miles away. Um, it took five, six, seven hours maybe to get there. We did get it there that that day. And all the tests he did, he could not detect the presence of anything. <laughs> we have Mark Rodiger, Leslie Kane, Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Conspiracy Journal is your number one source for the hidden world of the weird and strange. We bring you thought-provoking and controversial material for free-thinking individuals who are seeking what is really going on in our world today. Some of this material may adversely affect you. Other pieces are meant to enlighten. Either way, be prepared to be intrigued by such things as the reality of UFOs, ghosts, strange creatures from time and space, hidden conspiracies, time travel, Nikola Tesla, suppressed technology, and a whole lot more. You can find out more by visiting our website at conspiracyjournal.com. There you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter sent directly to your email address. Find out what they don't want you to know. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Hi, I'm Rick Osick with Famous Footwear. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies? That's why we support the March of Dimes in the fight against premature birth. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research, treatment programs, 
and outreach to help moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Learn how you can help save babies' lives at marchofdimes.org. My name is Bill Bonner, and I have an important message. Right now, the highest levels of government are struggling against an inevitable crisis, but they're about to lose control. When this happens, it will rip our country apart in ways you never imagined, from where we shop to the family you want to protect. Look, I've made predictions like this before. A few years ago, I warned that the housing prices would collapse. Before that, I warned that dot-com companies would crash, and they did. Those who listened had a chance to save themselves. But this has nothing to do with the stock market. This will affect us all. I've posted a free video at disappearingdollar.com. Maybe you'll disagree with my conclusions, but first, you need to watch this video and see the facts for yourself. You can watch the video for free right now by going to disappearingdollar.com. Again, that's disappearingdollar.com. I am a 47-year-old female and had a heart attack in 2005. This is Alice from New Jersey. I still get angina, even with four stents. I was taking nitro two or three times a week. The very first day after taking heart and body extract, the chest pain was gone. Now I don't wear a nitro patch. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Oh boy, that big thing about angel hair. Any theories, any one of you can enter into this, Mark, Leslie, Chris, any theories as to why the UFO field seems to have changed in terms of the kinds of sightings we get. Is that because of the witnesses and where they are? Or do you think that the phenomenon has changed its goals? What do you think? Leslie? Well, uh, it's a good question. I don't know if technology has anything maybe to do with it. The fact that technology has changed so much and is somehow that affects the ability of the phenomenon to manifest within the, you know, closer to the earth. I mean, I have no idea. I'm talking off the top of my head, but it is a very different world now than it was in the 70s. And uh, there's just a lot more atmospheric interference, I would think, than there was back then. But I really don't know. Uh, That's just one thought that pops into my mind. So... The other question, of course, that comes up a lot is people have so many more cell phones now that there should be good videos that that should be able to be obtained a lot more easily than there were. And I haven't seen any really good videos either, even though there are a lot more cameras out there. So that's another strange, another question that comes up that I don't have an answer for. Well, I guess Except for take- the fact that cell phones can't get very good video footage. I mean, that cell phones, you, you, if you have something far away and you try to, Shoot it with a cell phone, you're not going to get much, but still. Well, close up, they do well. I mean, today's iPhone 6S and 6S Plus are capable of 4K video almost good enough to make a movie from. Right, but usually UFO sightings aren't going to be too close. That's the problem. The camera. Yes. That's the problem. So They don't cooperate. Right. 
But I don't know. I mean, Mark, do you think there are actually fewer UFOs out there than there were before or that something has just changed in terms of our perceiving them? Well, there's no way to answer that, I guess. Well, let, let me throw in another another bit for consideration about this change because there's something else broadly that has uh, not just declined, disappeared. And that's the classic UFO fl- wave or flap. Um and again, those of the listeners who are you know old enough or have watched enough UFO documentaries uh, know about the the 1957 wave and the 1952 wave and the 1966-67 wave, and then etc. And then there were similar 54 in France and right on and on. There were the last there were incredible waves in southern Colorado and northern New Mexico from 91 through 99. Right now, I mean, we now had those, amazing activity. Thousand right now, those, plus. Those those are very localized flaps. And and that's that's fine Chris, but I I, I want to make that distinction so I'm glad you brought that up because the wave notice the waves I mentioned and I, I don't expect the listeners to to know this. They were very broad geographically, broader than southern Colorado. Yeah, they were Mexico. global in some uh, 73 was right. global. That's right. Uh, the last, by the way, really large wave wasn't the 73 U.S. wave. It was the 78 Italian um, s- sliding into no- Austria wave, yeah, uh, kind of European wave. Well, what waves have occurred of that type since 1978? What not, about the Hudson Valley wave? Not, no, that's like the Southern that's Colorado local. wave. It's more okay. local, but it's still always yeah, but it kind of spread though. to Belgium. So you know, you uh, have well, Belgium. Well, no, was, it, yeah, the, the waves because the other definition of a wave is over a relatively short period of time. I, we're talking three months is the typical average time, except there were a couple longer. So the Hudson Valley was you know two or three years, but mm-hmm. then there's a gap. There is about, a gap. There's a gap there's a, before Belgium. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's a, a big gap. Years. And Belgium is is also more localized in the same way than I'm yeah. describing. So yeah, so so to so to then get back to your to the question, are we still seeing lots of UFOs or have people seen lots of UFOs? Yeah, of course. People are definitely seeing UFOs. But we're but, not seeing the wave, the flap uh, levels of activity globally or multi-regionally. Right. So so that's another thing that's gone along with the drop in sightings. And then the final point, and you alluded to this when, when, when you said, you know, the worldwide, is that before the late 70s, when a wave occurred, even though, yes, it often was broad, it wasn't always. In fact, it actually wasn't mostly broad. So if you look at the 1952 wave, of course, of course it was across the U.S., but if you look at Europe, nothing was going on special in Europe. Nothing was going on special in Australia, South America. If you look at the 54 wave in France and Italy and so forth, all across France and northern Italy. You didn't have nothing, the North American activity. Right, nothing in North America. But beginning in the late 70s, again, globally, you know, we have Hudson Valley and, and all this, but globally, close encounters decline, and they all declined around the same time. And globally, of course, all these large waves just stopped. Interesting. So, That's about at the time when you had your first proliferation of uh, video cameras. Yes, that's right. So it's interesting. We're seeing almost a, a reverse bell curve uh, as our level of technology has become more widespread uh, throughout the culture. And, and conversely, at the same time, the price has been coming down. The UFO is getting further and further away from us in terms of your average sighting. It's almost like 
back when we didn't have the technological ability to record events uh, up close and personal in the 40s and 50s, uh, UFOs were up close and personal. And as our ability has developed to possibly document these uh, events in real time, uh, the phenomenon has had to move further back and further back. It's, it's I, I don't know if anybody's ever thought about that before, but it makes sense to me. Chris, when the- you say that, Chris... It sounds like there's a deliberate effort on the part of the force or forces behind UFOs to become more elusive as we, in turn, became better able to track them. Exactly. Weird. (laughs) Well, it's like blob squatches and blob UFOs. I mean, the best UFO footage is is fairly fleeting and and nondescript, The, the, the real good stuff. Um, I, I have a feeling is is much more rare and is much more problematic and is almost always daylight footage. And that's why the UFO Data Project is so exciting because the visible spectrum, uh, especially during daylight, is is where a lot of wonderful diamonds and golden nuggets are going to be held, uh, I think, scientifically. Is that indicate something that also has been theorized, not just that the UFO phenomenon is becoming more interested in staying just one step away from us as we can find it. There have been suggestions that maybe all or most UFO cases since the 80s or 70s, whatever, are just conventional objects that E.T. left us a long time ago. Well, I, I think that's uh, silly, but, uh, but, to, but, to, but to, consider it, to consider it seriously for a moment, um, you know, the, 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 there have been fabulous UFO sightings uh, like Belgium uh, uh, since then. And I think that we've, you know, Sobeps in, in Belgium and others have looked at that, just those cases alone, to know that despite what skeptics say, no, it wasn't, uh, you know, aircraft being tested or all the other things they say. Uh, the O'Hara UFO case here. Uh, five miles from where I'm sitting, you know, where was I that day when it happened? I was sitting at my desk looking at my PC screen, not looking out the window. Um, you know, that case um, is uh, a more of a classic one, by the way, with a, with a disc that, you know, we don't have a disc like that that, that can uh, do what was reported. So, no, uh, we are getting sightings that are not our own technology, that are not explainable with our own technology, unless, of course, uh, which I don't believe that we have such incredible reverse engineering stuff that we're making secret trips, you know, to the moon and Jupiter and all that and keeping it quiet. Um, so the UFOs are still around. There's, you know, 100%, absolutely unexplained, honest to God, really interesting cases still occur. They are, they've changed, like we've been talking about, but they're out there and they're not, and they're, you know, they didn't disappear, uh, uh, you know, in the late 70s or early 80s. There's also the case in 2007, actually, after the O'Hare case of the gigantic UFO that was seen by Captain Ray Bowyer over the Channel Islands. I don't know if you're familiar with that case, but it was this ma- two massive yeah. objects that he, he and his passengers saw in a small airplane, uh, very well documented, and um, he filed a written report cases. on it. Yeah. He drew a drawing, you know, he filed it with the CAA because in, in Europe, those pilots have reporting forms for such things was that we don't have. Yes. And we don't have them here. And, and I remember talking to him at great length about his, his just surprise at the way the whole subject is handled here in terms of our aviation authorities. Yeah, call and the, the FAA. Fact that we don't even, yeah. call Bigelow. 
Yeah, we don't have any uh, channels through which we can make any official reports of these. So anyway, that was another really, really great case that occurred fairly recently. But I'm not aware of much since then that's really been outstanding since 2007. We got more to but, cover here, and we're getting into the UFO <laughs> data project in just a moment. We have Leslie Kane, Mark Rodiger, Gene, and Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, A coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 pain relief hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Before we go on, let me remind you again to visit plus.theparacast.com, P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com, to check out the Paracast Plus, where we offer the ad-free version of this show, the After the Paracast podcast. We've started adding show transcripts, videos coming soon, lots more, but there's going to be a little bit of a rate increase. So if you're hearing the show before the 16th of November, 2015, if you join up right away, you take advantage of the old price. The new price, however, is not that expensive. It's still cheaper than other premium shows. So either way, check it out, plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. We have investigative journalist Leslie Kane. We have Mark Rodiger, who is the head of the J. Allen Hynek Center for UFO Studies. We were talking about the trends of UFOs, that maybe the elusive UFOs, because we can 
watch them better with our cell phone cameras and everything else, they have become more elusive. So let's go, Mark, specifically now into the UFO data project. So, of course, we have the meeting that Leslie's talking about, but what was the overall genesis of this, and what are you hoping to accomplish with UFO data? I would like to start uh, back uh, much further than the uh, you know the approximate uh, genesis of it and, and go back into UFO history, because uh, even in the 1950s, um, when we had plenty of daylight sightings and, and, and good sightings and military pilots seeing UFOs, it was understood that we wanted to get physical data from, you know, standardized calibrated instruments, which could be really high-quality triangulated photos, or radiation detection, as they tried to do, and so forth, to be able to learn more about the phenomena. And that idea has carried through all of the you know, UFO research. And so... And Mark, too, pardon uh, for interrupting, but you have to agree that the United States military has been involved in hard data monitoring of these objects for 50, 60 years, and they have probably really refine the process, uh, looking outwards from our planet and looking downwards as well. I mean, they have the capabilities to do it. There's no doubt about that. But since, of course, we don't have access to their data, what we we do know is that uh, the uh, civilian UFO groups uh, of a range or individuals, uh, Dave Akers, who's part of our UFO data team, began in the early 1970s in the Yakima Indian Reservation in Washington State. There was Project Starlight International in Austin, Texas with Ray Stanford and, and his group in the 70s as well. So um, people have, have known, uh, including the center, I should add, uh, two um, grad students came to Dr. Heineck in the, in the um, mid-1970s and said, we want to work with you and your scientists to develop a mobile van full of instruments that we will take to UFO hotspots and try to measure data. And so it was well ahead of its time, and we could never get funding, and so it was just a, a stillborn idea. But Until uh, Douglas Trumbull about six years ago. Uh, that's right. I don't know if he's managed to get out in the field and do much with it. but uh, Well, it's he, one he, thing to have a million-dollar Hummer just loaded for bear. It's another thing to know where to park it. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, yes. Do you, do you give it to the valet also when you pull up to the you know, the, the West Hollywood hotspot or do you <laughs> right. not? Yeah. I don't know. The red button is the stinger. We don't use that unless all other uh, methods have been exhausted. So don't press the red button, Valley. Right. Uh, so that's the backdrop to the UFO data project. Now, because of the uh, decline in sightings that we could study with uh, physical evidence, trace cases and so forth, um, it's become, I think, a more pressing matter uh, to to get location, this physical data. Location, location, location. Uh, yep. So um, Alex went, as Leslie said, um, was had been thinking about this himself, even though he's a political science professor. He's very interested in UFOs and on the physical uh, science uh, side. We had already met when he was at the UFC. Uh, now he's at Ohio State. And so, you know, he contacted me in one day and said, hey, I'm thinking about this and, uh, you know, I want you to partner with me on this. And for some reason that day I was a w- I was weak and I said yes. Um, and um, so, you know, we, we, we started do- doing what Leslie described, recruiting people, thinking about uh, 
you know, how to do this, thinking about uh, the best way to fund it and, you know, and all the rest. But, but the, the fundamental idea to make sure the listeners know what we're talking about is simply that we're going to create um, automated uh, stations, stations because they're going to be packed with various types of instruments and cameras uh, that will be able to, you know, on their own, um, be triggered if something occurs in view or or at least within scientific instrument view, put, put it that way, uh, that is worth recording. And then, of course, record it and store it and, you know, transmit it back uh, to our servers, uh, where, wherever they're going to be located, not determined yet, uh, and then analyzed. Um, and, of course, you have to build more than one station because UFOs are are uh, not guaranteed to show up hardly anywhere at any well, time. Plus, plus triangulation is really important. It, it is, though. It turns out if you have cameras on one station that are separated by a reasonable distance, you can um, calculate the distance to um, of something nearby that's right. Yeah, yeah, reasonably right. Now, now, if it's too far away, you need a, a bigger base for the triangulation. Uh, right. But, but, the, but the key. I agree completely with your point, which is you want to have triangulation of some type so that you can uh, determine the distance in the standard easiest way with parallax. Yeah. Well, uh, the way the San Luis Valley Camera Project is set up, we're we're triangulated at about twenty five miles. I mean, that's you know, that covers, of course, a huge you know broad range of possible distances. Yeah, but 25 miles, uh, you know, at 36 times optical zoom uh, is a pretty good, pretty good equation. We're able to pick up daylight objects less than a meter, less than three feet. At what distance, then, Chris? Uh, anywhere within the triangulated array. Okay, we can, great. We can pick mm -hmm. up a two and a half to three foot object. So, That's Mark, let's look at specifics about what you're trying to do now with UFO data. So. First of all, the actual detection equipment, what sort of configuration are you envisioning? Yeah, I love the nighttime, uh, you know, well, the all sky cam idea, which is something that we've been working with for a while. We're, we're finding out we have some problems with less expensive all sky cams. You need super high res ones. Because what we envisioned, uh, like on your website, um, as that being kind of the surveillance alarm that's burbling underneath the system. And when something triggers certain parameters for velocity, speed, size, luminance, these types of things, then that system of pixels that are being, you know, triggered, then all that information is, is um, analyzed by the software and it determines whether uh, a real event occurs. If it is a real event, record goes in motion cameras triangulate and move to the um, the real-time event as it's occurring. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you've got it just about exactly right. Uh, uh, the key point is that we will definitely use all-sky cameras um, to uh, be our main detection mechanism. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to have a magnetometer running and a few other things. So yeah, that gravitometer. Right. So if so, if for some reason a you know there was a huge change in the magnetic field, we would then start turning on the recording devices because you know because of, of disk space and all the rest. Even despite the huge dissident around today, you don't really want to record video constantly or photos twenty four hours a day on and on and on like that. So so the station would run twenty four hours a day, but it wouldn't always record everything. At least that's right. Not it would thinking. only uh, record events that are triggered right. by a preset 
arrangement of parameters. That's right. But it may it may not be only photos, but certainly the photos would be a primary uh, source of quote unquote detection. Well, and you know what else, Mark? I really love the idea of having um, analog optics and uh, blaze gratings to separate light spectra out into its constituent uh, wavelengths. I, I and Ray Stanford. I mean, he has been pushing and pushing uh, for us to come up with a way to include um, analog uh, blaze grading. Let's do our break here, and then we go more into the nuts and bolts of UFO data and the detection equipment with Mark Rodiger of the Center for UFO Studies, investigative journalist Leslie Kane. Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich, working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare, having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. 
At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So Chris, why don't you continue talking with Mark Rodiger about what's being included here with regard to the equipment with UFO data? Well, I've been thinking about this whole project um, for over 20 years. And back when I first tried to cost it out uh, with the level of existing technology and the price points and everything, it was about a million dollars. Now, what you have brought up as a number, which I think is, you know, for a rudimentary station, $20,000, there's an amazing lot of tech that could be obtained and made operational remotely with $20,000. And, you know, I want to publicly, number one, applaud uh, the effort. I think Leslie, when she was last on the show, was impassioned about the need to move the field forward. Mark, you've been in the trenches for years. I think this is a great idea. It's something I've been trying to get people to be, uh, you know, get behind for years. And whatever I can do in, in my capacity with my you know, I've, I've done a lot of work already in this realm. So I think, you know, with Mark D'Antonio, Douglas Trumbull, is it Mario in, um, in Italy who's already uh, done some really cool stuff? And, and all, obviously the Haslam folks, I think we all need to, to work together. And, you know, I think the level of technology, the amount of money it costs to do incredible things has, has come down to a point where, I mean, we'd be remiss uh, not to attempt to do this properly. Yeah, well, thanks, Chris, for, for those that words of support. It, it, it is very much appreciated. Whatever um, I can do to help, I'm yours. Yeah, well, we're, we are going to work together, and, and uh, that I can guarantee. In terms of the the you know the technology and the and the uh, capabilities now, that the that really is the key. And uh, skeptics, uh, you know, there are debunkers and there are skeptics, and, I, and there is a difference. And skeptics of the UFO phenomena and of studying UFOs have said to us. Well, okay, maybe there's something to it, but you certainly haven't proven it yet. So you've got to get out there and get more data and prove it to me. And I've talked to a few reasonable ones like that. And so that's another spur to this this type of project, which is to say, yes, if we have the theoretical capability to build these things and, and go out in the field and do it, then 
if we don't do it, then, you know, 20, 15 years from now, somebody legitimately could look back and say, well, you guys didn't even try. You know, yeah, it wasn't going to be easy, but you have to try. Um, <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Come on. The money is yeah. not the, the, the thing holding us back right now. The level of technology and the affordability of gear. You know, of course, D'Antonio and Trumbull are talking about cosmic ray collectors and, you know, all this exotic stuff. I mean, just the meat and potatoes data, gravity, uh, optics, magnetic. is easy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is this is all simple stuff that you don't need to go, you know, and uh, mortgage your house or, or something to, to outfit. You know, I think the whole idea of closed window sort of, you know, targeted uh, radar is something else that uh, has not been incorporated into any of the types of systems that have been proposed or gone into at least some some sort of uh, you know operation. There's a lot of ideas I think we all in this realm could share. And as I said, you know I want to uh, get into some of the nuts and bolts here. But uh, whatever I can do, uh, you guys, I'm I'm there for you. Let me ask you yeah. a quick question here, Mark. Now you've been involved in UFO research since probably the 70s, and a lot of us have been around longer. Is it the sheer cost of equipment that has prevented this from being done or attempted up until recent years? Effectively, yes. Um, you, you know, the, the, the efforts that were, you know, Hestalin succeeded in capturing uh, photographs and videos of UFOs and taking some rudimentary measurements. But how did they do that? Uh, they did that through people power, it turns out. Right. Of course, they had the right scientific instruments. So what happened is, uh, mostly in the summer, not, not in, the, in the winter, um, they would send expeditions there. And often there's, some, there's an Italian physicist and, and uh, astronomers that have gone there you know, for some time now. And they would set up camp. Uh, they would monitor things 24 hours a day. Of course, they had great cameras and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and the phenomena was uh, non-elusive enough so that it would show up while they were there and not, you know, maybe a, once or twice in, in, a, in a week. But it, they, once or twice in a week is better than none. And then they would measure it and take pictures and do the things they did. Um, well, they didn't build, despite this, the, the, the famous blue box that uh, Erlen Strand has built at Hestalen, uh, which you know does kind of run 24 hours and take pictures, basically. They didn't set up a station. It wasn't automated and all the rest because, hey, where was the internet in the early 1980s? It was you know nowhere for public consumption. And where was the miniaturization of, of all these things in the 1980s? It was nowhere. And so, yes, it would have been extremely expensive to try to do this with the typical public donations and all that that we had. But as time has gone on, as Chris said, Right, everything's just gotten cheaper, smaller. Right, like but the life. one thing that is going to always be the stumbling block is that dedicated person. Prior to you having a budget, so you can pay them. That dedicated person that's going to sit there at that base station, and you know, keep all systems running. You need to have a budget, and you need to have the bandwidth um, yes. for a yeah, person it, to sit there. You know, in in that position, uh, they need to be hired, and they need to be. Eminently overqualified, underpaid, but kept really happy. Fast question here with this equipment. Will they all not be monitored on site by somebody and just left to stay there and then you monitor them from a central station or will you have people for each measuring device? 
Well, let me ask Chris, Gene, if I may, before I answer, because uh, sure. I'm curious. So, Chris, how, how is your network set up pursuant to what uh, Gene well, just asked? we're toying with two different approaches. We're, we're going with a CCT closed system loop that's our own LAN. We're also looking at the Internet as a way to um, instantaneously communicate uh, between base station and the two auxiliary cameras. Um, the base station will have the, the gravitometer, the magnetometer, the blaze grating, uh, the EMF meter, that sort of thing. We're hoping to have FLIR on all three, uh, ultimately on all three locations. We're not so much concerned with the, the, the wow, gee whiz, nighttime potential data. We're mostly concerned with daylight objects. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I want to be able to see what our... Our government is has operational and, and is uh, clandestinely uh, testing in the Levita uh, Low Operations MTA uh, that's right uh, next to the <laughs> triangulated array that we've got proposed here. Um, and how, I, now how I, about security and just the logistics of that? I mean, are you, you, you the property it's being placed on are all things that, of course— yeah, It's all private, secure property right. uh, mm-hmm. and actually highly visible in one sense of the word. Uh, it's believe me, it is the hotspot, uh, you know, ground zero in the United States that deserves <laughs> this kind of uh, this kind of uh, system. And uh, there are a number around, and I would really like to get into um, your whole location scouting process too, because I've got a bunch of ideas about that. Yeah, let's do our break here. Let's do our break here, and we'll discuss Chris's ideas about location and more about the kind of equipment that's going to be available. Once you get this network set up, we have Mark Rodiger with Gene and Chris and Leslie Kane. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. I want to be able to smoke inside, cut down on cigarettes, jog without wheezing, be kissable, and save money. Then you want LeSig e-cigarettes. Get the highest quality, best tasting vaping experience on the market with unmatched customer service from LeSig. And right now, gobble up this deal. Buy $30 worth of any products and get a starter kit for only $5. Use code SK at checkout. But hurry, offer good only until Thanksgiving at LeSig.com. L-E-C-I-G.com. Kick some ash with LeSig. There are hundreds of silver products on the market today, but there's nothing like the astonishing health benefits of the multi-patented One Silver Solution. Boost your immune system at a great price with our Silver Solution Liquid, starting at $12.95 a bottle, now available in regular and extra strength. That's half the price of the leading competitors. Call 844-USE-SILVER for your free catalog or go to onesilversolution.com, onesilversolution.com. There is only one Silver Solution. My name is Bill Bonner, and I have an important message. Right now, the highest levels of government are struggling against an inevitable crisis, but they're about to lose control. When this happens, it will rip our country apart in ways you never imagined, from where we shop to the family you want to protect. Look, I've made predictions like this before. A few years ago, I warned that the housing prices would collapse. Before that, I warned that dot-com companies would crash, and they did. Those who listened had a chance to save themselves. But this has nothing to do with the stock market. This will affect us all. 
I've posted a free video at disappearingdollar.com. Maybe you'll disagree with my conclusions, but first you need to watch this video and see the facts for yourself. You can watch the video for free right now by going to disappearingdollar.com. Again, that's disappearingdollar.com. Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey System. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more. And this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. ParanormalDate.com and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. If you or someone you care about loves outdoor adventure, then check out slingbow.com for some unique holiday gift ideas. That's slingbow.com, where we have some innovative new products for the archer, hunter, or bow fishing enthusiast in your family. Now through January, use the promo code HOLIDAY to get free shipping in the U.S. or Canada. And from all of us at Slingbow Industries, have a safe, joyous, and peaceful holiday season. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Should she's I do good. good she is good. Chris, <laughs> she's going to be one it. of our top people here. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. All right. We've got Leslie Kane and Mark Rodiger who'll get his turn. And we're talking about the UFO Data Project and very much about the nuts and bolts and how things are set up. And I want to understand the equipment before we get into locations and everything else, more about the equipment. So we have photographic equipment, lenses, stuff like that, motion sensors. What kind of things you're looking for? Radiation? You're looking for electromagnetic, we assume? Yes, we're going to look for uh, the across the the uh, spectrum. So we, you know, the visible spectrum is what we normally think about, but there's the infrared spectrum or the infrared part of the spectrum, and then the radio frequency and microwave end. So we're going to have instruments that would uh, capture data from that range, and possibly down into below, you know, kind of into the you know, ultraviolet and just below the visible range. But we're, we don't expect really to get down to X-rays and gamma rays. We just don't think that um, that's an area that is we're likely to get a signal. Magnetometers, you know, magnetic field, weather data naturally, 
and um, possibly a grav gravimeter or a gravitometer, which is basically the local gravity field. It's, it's really an accelerometer, which so if, if you had a box with, and the thing was in there and you picked the box up suddenly, it would it would recognize the fact that you, you picked this box up suddenly and you lifted it into the air. The um, gravity field doesn't change often in reports of sightings. It, it, it was more common in, in, in the olden days of UFOs. But if you got something like that happening and you were uh, absolutely sure that the station was, was solid, you know, it didn't move, that would be quite amazing to get that kind of a, of a detection. So uh, we'll include we, that We as have well. a complete design uh, to set that up with the help of Ray Stanford, by the way. And um, he has offered the use of his uh, gravitometer to, mm -hmm. to go ahead and at least get it set up. Um, plus, we've, we've got some interesting ideas, and I see that you, you know, are aware, obviously, of the potential for data gathering in the very low frequency or ultra-low frequency um, acoustic range. And one of the things that we've devised is a concrete slab and some very sophisticated PZM mics that would be able to detect extremely uh, huge cycles, uh, single, mm -hmm. you know, cycles of acoustic waves. So we need to, I think, all, you know, put our heads together and come up with, with some of the ideas that we've been working on. Also, an idea of, of uh, measuring a laser beam. You mean, you mean shining a laser beam out at the phenomena? Or? Well, no, no. Uh, no, a laser beam that would be, you would be measuring the effect of, of a close proximity um, object, which uh, obviously is one in, in a trillion mm -hmm. possibility, but who knows, if you did have a close proximity approach by an object, you could have a, a, a laser experiment that actually could measure uh, the strength of the magnetic field by how much it bends uh, the light. Uh, Ray, Ray has devised a really ingenious experiment in that regard as well. So this is where... Our audience at the Paracast really, I think, agrees with me. And this is where we need to move. This is how we need to groove and get this whole thing out of the ditch, put the wheel back on the darn thing. And, and, and let's start, you know, going through the woods, going down the track here. We need to move forward and do this type of program. Uh, this is the obvious next step. Everything else, all the anecdotal stuff is great. All the data that we've been able to collect from Ted's uh, 7,000 landing trace cases, all that's wonderful. But if we really want to you know, crack this thing open, we're going to have to do hard data monitoring. And I applaud you guys uh, for this and, and um, can't wait to see it go nationwide, you know, global. Be great. Well, related to that, you know, you, we, we've been talking about the fact that, you know, you've got your project and the UFOTOG project with Douglas Trumbull and, you know, our project and a few others. I am of the mind that, uh, particularly because I know the history of science, and uh, is that it, it is actually indicative of the a positive elements that all these things are happening at once because this is pretty common in science when there's an area that becomes hot in science and that lots of people say, hey, this is worth studying. Sometimes it's because of new technology. Other times it's just because somebody had a great idea and we want to test that idea out. But I think that the UFO field, and this is quite rare in the UFO field, is acting like normal science right now, amazingly enough, because lots of us are independently – right? so how about that? Frightening. But uh, you know, we're, we're all saying, hey, it's, it's doable. It's feasible. As you said, we got to get the car back on the road. 
So, you know, let's do it. And so I'm happy to have lots of projects. Um, and even if they don't all collaborate, because, you know, not everybody can do the same thing. And we should all do the same thing. Because well, it's then, double buying, too. Yeah. I mean, gosh, mm -hmm. if you have two independent projects monitoring the same airspace and they could come up with, with data and then you could have a field day looking at, at, you know, the correlations and looking at any potential, you know, head scratchers, uh, it would be great. I love it. But I think working together, too. I mean, at least pooling data, being transparent with what you're getting, not hoarding stuff, being as transparent as possible. I think that's important. Yes. So the, I know there was a listener question. Uh, you know, I, I looked at the postings about, about that issue. And naturally, we are going to uh, make our data available. Naturally, as with any scientific project, it won't be available instantly. We have to look at it. We have to you know, process it. We have to do all the stuff you would normally do with it. And then we have to, to do the analysis and, and, of course, write an article for a journal. Because if you say, Why? okay, what are we going to do with the results of this? Uh, ultimately, well, what, what does science want you to do? Publish. Peer Publish. review. Right. And so that's what we're going to do. And that doesn't preclude making the data available on a website for other people to data mine. So those are not, you know, again, antithetical. Okay, okay. well, other. here's a quick question for you. Uh, now, do you envision, as I do for my particular, you know, little homegrown grassroots project, do you consider having a, you know, just a public view only sort of uh, feed from a system as it's just sitting there idling? Until, boom, you know, some sort of uh, event happens and then, you know, the system wakes up and then you start to have things go on visually and optically, you know, whatever. Do you have envisioned a live feed that people can become sort of witnesses to events as they occur around uh, the world? Yes, we've thought about that. Um, and It's I easy to do. Yeah, it's easy to do. We haven't progressed that far down that road on that side of things just because – we focused, as you can imagine, on you know the either the the launch the project publicly or the get the station design worked out, and it's still not right. worked out, of course. But well, yes. Gene has a, a server that we could go ahead and um, and supply a platform for, you know that that wonderful PR tool <laughs> that could be sitting out there burbling twenty four seven, and and people could be making their notes when when an event occurs and you have a red box blinking around the image because you know motion has been detected and we're in record mode that sort of thing that adds drama there's nothing like a little drama to add success and uh, notoriety and visibility i would strongly strongly urge you to um, definitely consider that and gene uh has been willing to help us with that particular aspect of this this whole project so so i'm sure he would he would uh, be more than happy to ex expend extend his uh expertise in server space we uh, actually by the way have two servers running right now don't know if that's going to be true next year but they both have humongous amounts of bandwidth capability so we are able to do that so we'll talk about that a little bit later and let's see where that takes us let's take us to plus.thepowercast.com Price increase as of November 16, a slight price increase. If you join before then, you lock in the current price because the memberships just recur as they are renewed automatically. Yeah, five, can, $5 a month. Right. It's $5 a month now. goes to $6 a month, but some shows charge $9 a month. So we're doing better. You get the ad-free version of the PowerCast. You get after the PowerCast. Video content underway coming soon. We have transcripts for shows learn more 
about it, plus.thepowercast.com, plus.thepowercast.com. We have Leslie Kane, Mark Rodiger, Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Nussbaum with the Anthem Foundation. Premature birth is the leading cause of death of babies and disabilities for children. That's why we support the March of Dimes to help mothers have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research, treatment and outreach to help moms during their pregnancy, and give every baby a healthy start in life. Learn how you can help at marchofdimes.org. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so, so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and body extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. 
Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. This is Jerome Clark, author of UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. You know, just having these two on to do that is worth it every week. We should just, you know, have you come on like for a short time. Leslie Kane, Mark Rodiger competing for the best Paracast stinger, but talking about serious stuff like UFO data with Gene and Chris. And I want to ask you here, I guess the next step, and there's a lot of things involved here, Mark, choosing the locations where to put these stations. What have you done so far? Well, what we've done is sorted through uh, some of the more obvious locations. And by that, I mean the historically uh, the historic spots where people have reported lots of sightings. And, and many of your listeners, we've already you know heard the names or will know them. You know, the Hestal in Yakima. Yes, in you know, the San Luis Valley in Colorado and a few other spots. There's a place in Italy that Massimo Teodorani knows about and, and all the rest. However, uh, as Chris uh, correctly noted – you need to have somebody local who will be able to go to the station, uh, maintain it, fix it, reboot the computer if necessary. You know, you'd like to think we're building a space probe to go to Pluto, where there, you know, you can get by without somebody to push the reboot button, uh, which they've managed to do. But in fact, that's why they cost thirty million dollars to do it, and these won't. So because of that. We know that we may have to – I won't use the word compromise. We just have to take into account various factors to make the, the uh, choice that will maximize the success of the operation, which means having a station running in addition to being where there might be sightings. Uh, so one of the things we're doing on the site is recruiting volunteers who can host a station, who have the right property that's secure, who have the right background and so forth uh, that, that can do this. So – Gene, we're gonna we're gonna balance those things, but naturally we're going to put more emphasis, if possible, on where sightings uh, either are currently reported happening. Because one of the uh, persons on the team is Robert Powell from Mufon, uh, the director of research. Of course, we've got uh, direct access to the latest Mufon data about where sightings are happening. And of course, we work with Peter Davenport as well. Um, and then, like I've said, finding spots where we can have reliable people to uh, to keep things running. If you you come up with a boiler-plated system that is not, you know, super difficult for the average person to, you know, grab a system, have it plug and play, get your, you know, port forwarding done and any sort of IP stuff that you need to do, um, you know, this could be done very, very cheaply, you know, or maybe the better word is inexpensively. And it could be done almost plug and play. I mean, it could be, you know, what what is that turnkey? I think is the term where you just you know you set it up, you power it on, and boom, you're ready to go. And man, as these things started to, you know, kind of move out from hotspot areas, you start to get people motivated in 
you know, adjoining regions, you know, you could modular uh, systemize this thing out and man. No, you're right, Chris. Uh, that, that To me, that's the most exciting thing um, that I have ever thought about uh, within this field. Yes. And, and let me, a couple of points to follow up on that. Um, we, we, we absolutely have considered um, tiers of uh, stations in terms of capability. The Cadillac version or the Lexus version, you know, would be the one that we've been discussing um, because you need one that has, you know, that's 20000 or whatever it's going to cost that can do everything, right? Because you want to get as much data as possible. But then again, if you if everything's that much money, you can't have as many. And so we've already gotten several uh, emails unsolicited from people who are excited and said, you know, I can't spend 20000 or whatever, but if you can get the price down, I guarantee you, I will buy one um, <laughs> and all the rest, and and you know, and run it and and integrate with your network. And so we're t- we're thinking about that. It would yeah, be a we've already got version. systems designed at right. uh, three different price levels. So exactly, and and so <laughs> that's what we want to work with you on that. And and yeah. and so now the other point I was going to make though is that the not only is the this idea of going out in the field to gather UFO data, normal science, it also fits with the zeitgeist of the time, um, which is uh, that surveillance is becoming ubiquitous. Now, I'm not a big fan of government surveillance and corporate surveillance, but I'm certainly a big fan of, of surveillance, you know, turned around on the, you know, for citizen surveillance of, of something useful and reasonable. Yeah, watching the watchers, yeah. watch the watchers. Yeah, right. Or in this case, just watching the skies. And so if we can do it, you know, let's do it, basically, and and, and surveil the skies constantly. Of course, the ultimate goal would be having uh, some type of instrumentation everywhere so the sky can be monitored constantly um, and you can detect whatever you detect. As, as I think, Chris, you said earlier, um, you know, the, or it was Gene, you know, the government is is got – Great technology out there already. You know the radar fence around the whole, uh, you know, Earth that they use to detect launches right. of missiles and things. So you know we're not going to build that kind of a, a of a capability, but we can certainly build something that would be sufficient for our purposes. Absolutely, Ron Regeer, a good close friend of mine who worked for Aerojet for many years, and you know, engineering aspects of the optics of most of our spy satellites in the last 30 years. He made a very interesting statement uh, publicly back in the late 90s, early 2000s, saying that it was his opinion that every major spy satellite or surveillance satellite that this country has sent aloft, uh, at least since the 60s, uh, early 70s, has also been tasked with pointing outwards, not only down at the planet. So... Great strides, I'm sure, have been made in the, you know, the classified world. And one of the reasons why I am so excited about the San Luis Valley aspect of this potential surveillance net is that it is right on. It's right on the western side of one of our largest low-flight military operations area, and I've had so many reports of what may be conventional objects acting in highly unconventional ways that have been cited flying in conjunction with conventional aircraft and that sort of thing. And and just to be able to differentiate between what is truly state-of-the-art on this planet and what could be to, you know totally off-planet, which is also going on there, uh, that to me is uh, the ultimate, the ultimate challenge. And, uh, and I, think it, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's going to be uh, unassailable. 
if it's if the the data is gathered properly, it will be unassailable, and there will be no equivocation uh, in terms of the results. And you said your ultimate goal is to get a net of these things around the planet. My ultimate goal is just to get one that we can get irrefutable data to write the ultimate paper to slam dunk this subject back into academia's face. And I hate hate to sound all MBA and, and stuff, but uh, that's my goal. Mark, you want to respond? Uh, I, I, it, it's, it's, no, it's, it's an ambitious goal, but why not? Um, the, the, the thing is, is that um, science um, has rejected the phenomena for a variety of reasons, both theoretical and, uh, let's say, data-based. Um, the theoretical reasons have mostly disappeared. Uh, there is only one really left, and that is that uh, if, if, if UFOs are alien – uh, and not time travelers or extra dimensional or whatever, they can't get here from there in any you know reasonable numbers. Uh, the distances across space are too far. But all the other objections have 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 gone away. You know, are, are there planets out there? Yes. Are there probably lots of planets with habitable in the habitable zone around their star? Yes. Um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but on the data side. We don't have, as Chris just said, you know, we don't have as much, really, and not as much, hardly any quality, hard, reliable data. Um, so if we get that, the the uh, bit about the um, the theory where they can't get here from from there doesn't make any difference because the same thing would be true, by the way, if tomorrow the the proverbial UFO you know lands on the I won't say the White House lawn, just lands wherever. And they get out, and I don't expect the, the first scientist to walk up to them to say, "But you can't get here from there. So what? What are you doing here? What, what, what's going on?" That's not going to they're, they're, that objection just goes away in the in the face of actual evidence, and so that's what you need: data and evidence. If only, if only. Do you think here at all that we're kind of challenging the gods to be semi-serious about this? That you set up these networks. The phenomenon, knowing these networks are set up just like they seem to become more elusive because of the fact that we have more advanced ways and cheaper ways of detecting things such as smartphone cameras, that the phenomenon itself may choose to become more elusive than now once you set up this network. It has the effect of deterring them. That's obviously the fly in the ointment. It doesn't mean you shouldn't try. You have to try. You have to try to find as much evidence as you can and hope that in a rare occasion you'll get results and have something to demonstrate UFO reality and maybe get a handle on what they really are. And we've got a lot to cover here still with our remaining four segments with Mark Rodiger, Leslie Kane, Gene and Chris, you're in The Burgast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. 
The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Don't take a cold or flu lying down. Stand up and fight back with Supernatural Silver. Supernatural Silver is a natural immune system booster that is highly effective against viruses, bacteria, and fungus. Supernatural Silver is perfect for daily use and can be taken orally or used topically to keep you protected from whatever comes your way. This new technology is hundreds of times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver and is supported by extensive research from over 300 clinical studies at universities and independent research facilities across the country. Supernatural Silver Silver has an exceptionally long storage life and should be an essential part of your emergency preparedness. Don't be caught off guard. Give your body the support it needs to fight off deadly pathogens that are lurking everywhere. Stock up on Supernatural Silver and give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code SILVER2015 for 20% off. That's SupernaturalSilver.com. SupernaturalSilver.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, anyone who wants to take it, Leslie Kane, Mark Rodiker, do you think there's a possibility here that the mere act of having these detection stations will cause the phenomenon to react? Hold on before somebody jumps in. We need to differentiate between strange, possibly explainable equipment failures, networks going down, equipment all of a sudden acting screwy. You have to differentiate between that and um, a UFO coming down and the car's electrical system fading out. So you almost have to surveil your surveillance equipment to determine what is the cause of the actual breakdown? And that's something that we've, we've talked about in terms of how to set up fail-safe systems that are able to identify what it is that takes your system down. So, I, I you know, Mark, have you guys even thought about this? Because, <laughs> you know, that the camera, uh, filming the camera on the Skinwalker Ranch, the Sherman Ranch, mm-hmm. and not being able to detect all the wires being pulled out of a surveillance camera on the camera image itself. That is very impressive. So have you even thought about security for these systems? You know, not security to, to prevent uh, those types of incidents. And, and, and the, you know, so the honest answer is, is no, not yet. And I'm not sure that we will, uh, you know, to get back to the gene's fundamental question. Right. There, there, are, there are several things that could happen in reaction to developing this system. And let, let's just imagine to keep it um, suitably vague that there is some intelligence behind the UFO phenomena, you know, whatever that intelligence is. They can react by, as Chris has just said, um, screwing with our equipment in various ways and screwing with our ability to measure things. Or they can react by becoming more elusive, just deciding, oh, there's a station there. Let's not show ourselves you know, by that station in any possible way. 
or you can go on from there and come up with even something more, you know, whatever esoteric from that. But those those two are probably the the main things. We're just not going to be deterred by that, even though, of course, both of those might happen. If the first one, this first scenario happens, as with the Skinwalker Ranch, highly interesting, highly, highly interesting, and and you know, evidence in fact that there is something strange happening. Yeah, lack of evidence sometimes can yeah. provide a lot of data. Yeah. If the second scenario occurred, that gets into you'd have to analyze it to see where other sightings were happening. It, you, it wouldn't be definitive without a, without a the right pattern, so you'd have to get in statistics. Um, but uh, in, in either case, you know, we just have to we're going to go ahead because we're naive and simple in the UFO data project, um, and just assume that that we can do this. Um, you know, we're just following regular scientific protocols, and we will uh, we will see what happens. Um, and, and, and then make decisions based on that. <laughs> okay. And, uh, I'm sure at some point you're going to, uh, have a director of counterintelligence and, um, I love an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Let me, let me throw out not a question, a comment, but get Chris's reaction is that, um, you know, another idea that I've been musing with, this is not a, an official UFO data idea yet, but, uh, but it relates to this two things. First, the the several groups around the the world really that are that are thinking about or doing this type of work, and two, this incredible interest that we have seen since we launched our website. You know, well over a hundred people volunteering and pouring in. You know, I'm not exact. Every day we get new volunteers coming who want to do, get involved with us somehow. I I really think that it, the field is ripe to have a uh, a large conference on this issue. I'm just on measuring out in the field UFO data. You know, unlike, I love it. I right? love it. You know, there's nothing wrong with the MUFON symposium. Well, this does, could be right? a single, a single subject. Boom. You bring people, everybody together who wants to hear serious talk about this thing. And that's what you do. You have serious technical talks and semi-technical, you know, but that's what they are. It's, it's no public. None of the normal speakers are there because, of course, well, it's all no, about we, this. We need Leslie in her cheerleader outfit going, come on, everybody. Come on. Everybody. I'll anyway, report I, on what happens at the conference and I'll get yeah, the word out. That's, that's my right, job. Exactly. I'm not volunteering to – I'm not volunteering to run this. That's for sure. I've, I've done oh. enough of that. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get we'll, a volunteer, Mark. Well, there'll be a yeah, volunteer well, that will actually, step up you know and offer to do it. We will, Leslie, because we have we have had such so. great volunteers. Well, uh, we're going to have to get together off mic and uh, talk about this because, you know, I would definitely get involved in a conference like this. This would be the, uh, one of the most gratifying volunteering projects that I could ever be involved with. I, I, I mean that. I, I would do anything to help you. Right. <laughs> Well, almost. <laughs> yeah, almost. Sorry, no, you're, you're firstborn, not the firstborn, the secondborn. Don't have any, so they don't count. No, I. Yeah, no. Again, I'm I, all I'm doing. You know, th this didn't take rocket science on my part to suggest this. This is just what you know, because I, in my real life, if there is such a thing, I work with actual scientists and and do data analysis and etc. And um, you know, this is what goes on in the in that world. So why not do it here? Ten solid years of. A uh, fifty, I think, fifty thousand word database. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, we we'll talk later. Um, I I sent you stuff twenty years ago. I'm not sure if it ever got received, but uh, been watching you from afar for a while. You're you're a guy that kind of stays out of the limelight, doesn't really you know do a lot of public stuff, but 
you know, you've been working behind the scenes for a long time and I'm intrigued by that. There you go. There you go. So is Gene. Yes, from afar. Uh, let me ask you here if after all these years working with Center for UFO Studies, do you have any expectations of what UFOs might really be? Na- you know, naturally, um, well, first of all, uh, I'm trying to think where to start that because that's a, that's a fair question, but it's, of course, a, you know, a, lo- a lo- very large uh, question in terms of, of, of putting my head around it is that sightings that are unexplained, uh, many of them, to me, unequivocally point to some intelligence behind the phenomena. Um, that is is sufficient to me to indicate how important it is to study this um, because we don't have the kind of data we're talking about because so much of it is anecdotal and because if this intelligence is incredibly advanced, 500,000 years or the equivalent or whatever, um, who knows what and how they can appear, I'm not ready to uh, leap forward and make too many assumptions about the, you know, what ultimately is behind the intelligence. Um, well, you know what I think, Mark? I think, um, you know, a group of civilizations has got together and they've said, well, we got this place called Earth. And, you know, all our kids that have learning disabilities, the aut- autistic ones, the ones that are maybe kind of mongoloid, we'll send them there. And that'll be their training ground to be able to be, you know, the little ambassadors of space that we need them to be. So I, I think we've been a Petri dish for, you know, the, the autistic kids of several planetary systems. Um, I, you know, I won't reject that because how, how can you, uh, you know, just because you know, I, I love you too much to reject it, Chris, but, uh, the, uh, but, but the, but honestly, almost anything is on the table. Uh, even valet's control system is still on the table, even though he never found a way to test it. But it was, it's an intriguing well, and he's been yeah. kind of backing away from it for a while. But, but you, you, know, you know, again, you know, but, uh, but anyway, but, but the thing is, is that, um, uh, so uh, I don't need valet to park that car, probably not. <laughs> yes, very good. Um, the, so the, you know, Gene, it's, it's, um, it's just it really is a, the, the the kind of enigma wrapped in a you know whatever the, the phrase is you know a mystery and all that and um i think that um enough uh enough cases have occurred that show that there is an an, an interest in the phenomena you know the intelligent part of the phenomena in displaying themselves to us okay so you said you know what's going on with this what's behind it well first i said there's intelligence right but the, then the second point would be they it whatever right you know wants us to know that it's here right. um, in other words it's being theatrical that's right guys got a break we have more theater to come with Gene and Chris and Leslie and Mark, you're in the Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, 
head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 pain relief hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey System. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. Do you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Then get on board with the tax admiral and let us steer your way to financial freedom. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. They can freeze your bank accounts, seize your car, home, will garnish your paychecks and benefits. Don't take on the IRS alone. I can fight for you using industry secrets that can help stop the IRS. I'll cut your penalties, slash your interest, and reduce your overall tax bill sometimes. I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company with over 30 years experience helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. And we have a 90 customer satisfaction rating. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS, are facing an audit, a lien, or levy, then call me right away. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com.
Or as they say, radio is a theater of the mind. Let me ask you a question here, Mark, which is another fly in the ointment question. Something like this, a detection station, presupposes UFOs are physical aircraft of some sort, able to be photographed, able to generate something that you can detect. So that goes against anyone who thinks UFOs are not physical, right? No. I asked Mark. Yes. I, well, well, I'll be interested to see why Chris said no, but l- l- let me um, uh, make a couple of points about that. Um, there, There is no reason to believe that uh, whatever is behind the UFO phenomenon generating it, this gets back to my, you know, they're 500,000 years advanced and who knows what's really behind the curtain. But what I, I believe when people looked at the UFO over United Terminal uh, C at O'Hare, um, that that something physical was there, meaning if you had taken a camera, it would have recorded an image. Um, if you could measure energy coming from it, it you would have measured energy coming from it. You know, that, that something physical was there. Does that mean that that physical thing was only there briefly and in fact actually left our universe, whatever that means, because of the, you know, the technology available? Maybe. Maybe it was a projected physical thing, right, because they're so advanced. But I do believe that, you know, whatever's going on is physical. And that's true, by the way, because I, I, we are agnostic in the UFO data project. And I want to make that point really to the listeners and, and everyone is that, you know, I'm giving my personal views here, but the project is going to be run scientifically. If we study the phenomena and everything turned out to be weird atmospheric phenomena because of the physics we saw, like people think Hestalin, as intriguing as it is, might actually be just really strange and unusual rare atmospheric phenomena. Well, that's what happened then. We, that's, that's what we found. Yay! So, you know, maybe not quite as exciting as aliens, but there you go. Well, um, whatever it is, if we find out, what it is and you know it can sit there in front of peer review for now until whenever i mean i would love to find out if uh trevor james constable was correct and that we're dealing with sky creatures well that would be so cool to have that actually be you know percentage of ufo sightings actual creatures that we have yet to identify and, and define you know whatever the truth is i mean that's cool I mean, don't you think? I mean, isn't yeah, that why yeah, so, science yes. studies nature? <laughs> the truth is cool. I like the phrase, and and, and that's 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 correct. I mean, yeah, we, we just want to know, you know, what's going on, what what's behind UFOs, you know, what's causing them, whatever whatever that cause is. You know, if the definition and the actual proof of this has to be so elegant that most people can't see the beauty, so be it. I want to bask in that elegance. I can't improve on that phraseology. I'm just being the host here with the most. I, you know, again, you know, I feel like Leslie, I'm, I'm a cheerleader for this effort. Whatever I can do, you know, whatever anybody out there can do. I mean, I signed up as a volunteer today. I urge everyone to go to UFO Data if you're interested in being part of the solution and not just warming up that, that armchair there. If you think you live in a place that needs one of these surveillance net nodes in the network, let's talk. You've got some high-powered people. Just go to the website and look at uh, at the people that have publicly and not so publicly stated their involvement, and I think you'll agree. 
Can I give out the website address? It's ufodata.net. I just want to also add to that, though. We've talked about volunteers, but the other thing we really need is financial support. Well, And we've been doing well on that front, but we need, if we're going to have our first station, we're going to need to reach a certain financial goal. And I just want to emphasize that even small donations make a huge difference because we can get lots of small donations then we're good. So I hope that people will consider going on the site and we have a, a very easy way that people can contribute. And that's another important aspect of making things like this happen. You have to have a budget to do it. And that's just reality. And so we want to ask everybody else to take part in that as well. Do you already have a budget in mind for how much money you'd like to raise for this? Well, the first phase, thirty to 40000 I think, would be adequate to pay for the equipment, to pay for, you know, all the development costs, to pay for travel, for team members to get together to build the station, right? You know, there's all that stuff. The equipment, by the way, will be um, less than 50% of the of the total cost. It's it's the associated logistics are uh, naturally that are going to uh, be more costly, but not too costly. So, so Gene, that's, that's kind of our ballpark for the first phase. When are you going to go visit Yuri, Yuri Milner? Well, maybe after we've got some data or after we've got our first station, see, once we get the first station up, then we hope to achieve at least something that shows that it's working, to capture something interesting, to show that the equipment works and we're really on our way. And then I think the plan is to have another, uh, do a crowdfunding campaign and do another major effort at fundraising when we get to that point, which is going to be bigger than the one we're doing now. And that's when we can consider approaching people like Yuri and other other people. We want to have something to bring to them first. Yeah. Well, for some of our listeners who are not aware of who billionaire Yuri Milner is, last summer he pledged $100 million to, quote, reinvigorate the search for life in the universe. I mean, this is totally, you know, running roughshod over SETI's long calcified effort. You know, we're talking eight figures here. This kind of investment into the concept of reinvigorating the search for life in the universe. I mean, if people of of those means are willing to get behind it, I, I, I see this particular project, UFO Data, and other, you know, grassroots project like that to be well positioned to have a lot of people opening up their pockets and becoming involved. I, I think the involvement aspect, money is important, but you got to have a good team functioning underneath you that's that's catching everything and, and putting the time in. Yeah, well, I think we've got that, and we're, we're that team is growing all the time. Cool. And we've got some very, very interesting people who have been approaching us and very significant people who eventually may be joining the group in various capacities. So we a lot of really good things are happening, good people, good team being formed. Can you tell us at this particular point in time, some of the people who are involved, maybe profile them quickly? Um, well, Mark, go ahead. Yeah, well, well on the science side, um, we, we, I mentioned Robert Powell from UFON, the, the director. Uh, in terms of people who are a little less well-known, uh, you know, in the UFO field, uh, to at least to everyone, um, there, we have uh, Eamon Ansborough, for example. Uh, Ansborough is an astronomer, uh, also a, uh, an inventor. Uh, he lives in Ireland. Uh, he's been has his own observatory where he not only does astronomical research, but he tries to detect UFOs, uh, mostly with uh, uh, cameras. 
um, and has been doing this for years and has, and has uh, you know, photographed a couple of intriguing things. Um, also does some kind of, uh, you know, close SETI observation. In fact, he calls what he does uh, SETI research and managed to uh, to uh, sneak, sneak, quote unquote, into a SETI conference to give a presentation, which upset the organizers uh, no end. But he's got all the qualifications. Let's do our break. Mark Rodiger, Leslie Kane, Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Sciatica, lower back pain, hip pain, poor posture. If you suffer from any of these problems, get ready to relax. Introducing an amazing product that's been in the market for over 25 years, the Sacro Wedgie. It was invented by a football coach using a common sense osteopath technique. He created this device to help his athletes by isolating and supporting the sacrum, which is the keystone of our anatomy. This wedge-shaped bone is in the center of our hips, where a lot of pain starts. Simply relax 20 minutes daily on the amazingly simple Sacro Wedgie and let Gravity do the work, helping muscles rebalance and start releasing nerves. Sit in the sacral wedgie at the computer or while traveling to help correct posture to finally help relieve those stubborn aches and pains for only $33.95. It's made in the USA, so click the family-owned website at sacrowedgie.com, spelled S-A-C-R-O-W-E-D-G-Y.com, or call 1-800-737-9295. That's 1-800-737-9295. Relax your back pain away with the sacral wedgie. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. Attention all men. Are you urinating more frequently? Do you wake up to urinate? Are you having a slower, weaker stream? Don't ignore the warning signs of your aging prostate. Get your free bottle of Super Beta Prostate. Super Beta Prostate is guaranteed to support a more complete emptying of your bladder, a fuller, stronger stream, and less waking at night to urinate. 
The Super Beta Prostate is a product that I really like. I endorse it. I use it myself. I was very pleasantly surprised that Super Beta Prostate helped me fairly quickly. Super Beta Prostate is formulated with a natural plant enzyme called beta cytosterol. It's so powerful, you'd have to take 100 salt palmetto pills to get the same sterols as just one Super Beta Prostate tablet. Don't ignore the warning signs of your aging prostate. Call now to get your free bottle of Super Beta Prostate. Call 1-800-853-1203. That's 1-800-853-1203. 800-853-1203. I want to be able to smoke inside, cut down on cigarettes, jog without wheezing, be kissable, and save money. Then you want the Sig e-cigarettes. Get the highest quality, best tasting vaping experience on the market with unmatched customer service from the Sig. And right now, gobble up this deal. Buy $30 worth of any products and get a starter kit for only $5. Use code SK at checkout. But hurry, offer good only until Thanksgiving at lesig.com. L-E-C-I-G.com. Kick some ash with Lesig. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I like it. Mark Rodiger, Leslie Kane, Gene and Chris were on the Paracast this week talking about UFO data. It's ufodata.net, by the way. So check it out. They do take donations there. You thinking about maybe doing like a GoFundMe campaign? That would be a way to raise some money. Yes, we're going to do probably either Indiegogo or Kickstarter, though who knows what will pop up in the next year, and then we'll you know we'll use that platform instead. But we do we do not expect, even though we're hopeful, that a Yuri Milner equivalent will pop up and and give us you know a million dollars or so. But we will not turn it down. Well, we might have a, a smaller version. To, if somebody gives us a smaller amount, we don't require as much. So it's, as far as we're concerned, that could be our Yuri Milner. I also wanted to say that our organization is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. So any donations that are given are fully tax deductible. And that makes it more possible for people to give larger donations. They're completely tax deductible. So you weren't caught up in the IRS stuff with regard to political parties, where allegedly with political action groups, they had all sorts of stuff going on, not getting approval. That's mostly nonsense anyway. No, we're not a political group. Well, that certainly (laughs) makes it easier. Chris, you got some questions from listeners we should bring up now. Oh, man. We don't have near the time. There are some really, really good questions here. Here, Here's one from Technomage, uh, just to give you kind of a sense of you know, obvious concerns that I think a lot of people will have. Wouldn't someone rich who is interested in UFOs like Robert Bigelow want to contribute to the project? Um, or is the problem that he can't control the findings? I mean, this goes right back to what we were just discussing, Leslie. If we bring in some fat cat, or it, is it all strings unattached? There's no uh, control. Everything is transparent. How do you go about, I guess, qualifying that kind of funding? Well, I think that our board of directors would, would have to speak at length with the, the donor and really get to know the person and feel comfortable and understand what their motivations were. And it's, it's really just a matter of assessing who the person is and then being very clear as to what 
their role will be in the organization once right. they do make their contribution. So, so all some, of that can be clearly worked out in with, advance. So, someone that approaches saying, well, everyone's going to have to sign NDAs and all the information no, is, no, no, no. We is, wouldn't do that. is owned by UFO data. <laughs> so you are looking for a truly transparent effort. Absolutely. There's absolutely no question okay. about that. No, no amount of money is going to change the integrity of what we of how we're going Yay. about what we're doing. Yay. No, 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 no. We're not. We're, we can't be bought. Uh, okay, not like the FAA, or if some people <laughs> would say move on. Uh, well, that's good. That's good. And I don't want to. Um, I, I think Peter um, at NUFORC is very. He's right at the pulse, I think, of of the phenomenon in many ways. I think he's really uh, an integral person that could help possibly um, determine if a fast response team should be sent to a particular uh, locale. Um, Some of the other questions, like this one from Alien Hunter, it's – it's like, you know, why are you doing this? His question is, what sort of outcome are you expecting to get by recording UFOs? It might show us a lot more evidence of unknown craft, but it still doesn't tell us the source of this phenomenon. What can your technology and these monitoring stations do to give us a more detailed look at these crafts? Mark, you want to grab that one? or? Yeah, it, it, it's a reasonable question, um, and um, the the uh, truth is that uh, science advances, you know, not just one step at a time, but not necessarily giant leaps at a time to the end point. So we're so far back right now in our, in our uh, study of the of the physical side of UFOs that we really are almost in the proto-science stage, right, with very little data. So what we need to do is move on. You know, to uh, to gather appropriate, reliable data to measure what we've got, and you, we will learn more. You know, if you if you measure the spectrum of a UFO, uh, you'll know things about what energy it's emitting, and that may be you know, a, a recent example would be the rocket launch off LA, and then the other one off San Francisco. Let's imagine that for some reason the government said to us, "We don't know what this was. We didn't launch a missile." No, one of our stations there. Looking at that rocket launch and taking a spectra of the rocket exhaust could tell us what chemicals and elements were being used in that rocket exhaust. And we would know that there was conventional chemical propellants being used or whatever the exact specifications are, whether it's liquid or solid fuel. Well, that's what you can do with, a, with science. We're trying to do the equivalent with this. But are we going to know ultimately, you know, what's going on inside a UFO if there's a craft there and all that? No, no, of course not. But we're going to take the, you know, some very critical next steps in understanding the phenomena. Okay. That kind of leads to this next question by Raven's Fee. And it goes to, you know, I guess a foundational presence uh, philosophically that the project is going to have to, you know, state. And the question runs to that. How have you tried to prevent any biases you may have about the cause of this phenomenon from influencing the data you are about to collect or even how it's collected? Are you just trying to prove that we're being visited by extraterrestrials or are other hypotheses influencing this work? The, um, 
the the way that you um, can collect and measure data and d develop your instruments um, absolutely can be affected by um, your own uh, predilections um, and biases, if you want to use that word. That is, though, uh, much more common in the uh, social sciences, psychology, sociology, and all that than the physical sciences. And the, uh, the, the reason is simple. If, if we take a magnetometer out and it's well calibrated uh, and you put it out in the field and to measure anything, you know, it doesn't have to be a UFO, you measure something there and you get data, you have the data. Now, the interpretation of the data is a different matter. But as I think you said before, Chris, you know, we, the data are the data are the data. And that's fundamentally what we're going to do is collect data with calibrated instruments where our biases really can't directly enter into that collection. Um, what comes after that? You know, let's say we measure some strange, uh, weird, you know, spectrum and plasma physics going on in the phenomena. Okay, now comes the bias potential, which is, well, what's the cause of that plasma physics strange thing that we're measuring? Some people might say, well, that's the exhaust of an alien spacecraft. And others might say something different. But that's downstream. You know, that's not this, the part of the, the actual scientific study, collect data, measure it, you know, record it and all the rest. And, you know, we're just going to go about this, as I said, like I do in my, in my other life. Like, actually, everybody in the project uh, on the core team has done science outside of UFOs. And so we're going to treat this like we would any other project right. we do. Don't assume anything. Right. Sure. Just go out, you know, set the thing up and, and start measuring. And you wait for the answers and hope they are answers that at least you could figure out. Right. I mean, it, it, the thing is, is that um, if something appears in front of our station, we will measure things about that. Will that be enough for us to, you know, learn something truly fundamental about the phenomena? We just don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. No one's tried. So, you know, we don't really know until we actually put the effort in and actually produce something that's worthy of peer review. And, you know, ideally is, is uh, the data is collected in unassailable ways that cannot be besmirched by uh, naysayers, debunkers, uh, roadblocks, blah, blah, blah. If it's impeccable, the data should reflect that. I'm going to ask a question about skeptical reaction in a moment, our next and final segment with Mark Rodiger, Leslie Kane, Gene, and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many 
formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. There are hundreds of silver products on the market today, but there's nothing like the astonishing health benefits of the multi-patented One Silver Solution. Boost your immune system at a great price with our Silver Solution Liquid, starting at $12.95 a bottle. Now available in regular and extra strength. That's half the price of the leading competitors. Call 844-USE-SILVER for your free catalog or go to OneSilverSolution.com. OneSilverSolution.com. There is only one silver solution. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. My name's Clyde, age 59, and I reside in Florence, South Carolina. The doctors diagnosed me as having clogged arteries. Felt like I was carrying heavy concrete blocks around my feet and legs. I started taking heart and body extract as directed. It is less than three weeks, and I'm like a young man again. It's unbelievable that an herbal formula can work so fast and so powerfully. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. Chris is doing some kind of semi-tricksterish voice there. I don't know. Leslie Kane, investigative journalist. Mark Rodiger from the Center for UFO Studies talking about UFO data. Go to ufodata.net. By the way, they take PayPal donations there. So whether you have PayPal or not or a major credit card, you can go there 
and give them a few bucks. Yeah, help the effort. Absolutely help the effort. Now, this is a kind of another one of these fly in the ointment questions, Mark. Would you bring in a skeptic or a debunker to help you set something like this up and also to review the evidence so they could say, well, you know, give their take on it and actually see evidence rather than just dismiss everything outright as they so often do? Right. My, my answer is probably no. I, I would look to parapsychology for my model. You know, I'm a member of the Society for Scientific Exploration uh, and a- actually an associate editor of the journal. Um, and so I'm very familiar with how parapsychologists operate, the best ones. And there are, as, as you guys know, there are, there are many that are quite rigorous. What they do is uh, do the equivalent of what we're going to attempt, which is they uh, do experiments. They can do them in the lab, fortunately. Um, and measure the data rigorously, uh, publish the papers, and then, and this is what I'm getting to, they will work with skeptics that have questions. They will show them their protocols. They will open up their books to them, as it were. You know, the transparency that that Leslie mentioned, that's our plan. Um, There's no need to work directly with skeptics if we follow standard scientific protocols, but there's every reason to then work with potential critics and all that who, after they look at our data, still have questions about, okay, what about this? What about this? Fine. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. You know, let's do that. So that that's my, my take. Yeah, and, and Mark, you know pretty much almost every area that some sort of skeptical debunker type could assail the gathering of the data. So you are already forced to be a skeptic to adhere to the rigors of peer review. So you're going to collect the data as, you know, as pristinely as possible and uh, and come up with elegant analysis of that data, I'm sure. Uh, that's what we're expecting. <laughs> Chris, any more questions to ask in the remaining seven minutes or so? Yeah, we do. You know, this whole undercurrent of classified black projects and testing secret but operational aerial technology and psychotronic weapons platforms. That's kind of an undercurrent here at the Paracast. We're always interested in how the clandestine sort of black world meshes technologically with, you know, what is considered to be the uh, AAO, UAP, UFO phenomenon. So we obviously have had a number of questions relating to that. This one, again, is from Ravensfee, and she's wondering, anomalous aerial phenomenon happening in locations near to highly secretive areas under the control of U.S. state bodies is a well-established part of the modern-day UFO lore. What consideration have you given to taking your data collection units to sensitive military areas and the re- as she says the reaction of the U.S. government, I would say potential reaction of the U.S. government or potentially other foreign bodies if you did this, especially if you started to pick up data of something unusual. In, in other words, to paraphrase her, are sensitive uh, military installations part of the monitoring, uh, potential monitoring uh, map uh, or scenario of, of locations? They aren't off the table, uh, but they wouldn't be a first choice for a variety of reasons, including just the idea that we are trying to, for, I think, plausible reasons, treat this as a study of the what everybody thinks of as the UFO phenomenon, you know, the stuff out there that's not ours, whatever the, whatever's going on that's not ours. Well, um, have we determined 
where that line is. No, we haven't. But if but if you put your if you put your device near Area 51 or you know where other secret installations are, you're going to ramp up the probability dramatically that what you're detecting is the stuff that we've developed. Even if it's incredibly strange, like you were mentioning, Chris, it's still ours. And well, how do we know where that that line is uh, scientifically? Shouldn't you be able to ideally be in a position to determine if it's classified secret budget and ours, that's, you know, A, and if it's hyperdimensional, off-planet, time travelers, something that's not us here in this time continuum, is it B? Shouldn't that be an important initial goal to Um, determine what we're dealing with or – are we going to just kind of what if our way all, all through the beginning stages of IDing these uh, craft through hard data? Well, I, here's the thing. I'm not opposed in the long run to placing stations everywhere, okay? As we talked about earlier, you know, making the, uh, a, a low-cost station that, that people can actually purchase and, and run as part of a network. So in the long run, I'm for more surveillance and more measuring of potential UFOs. You know, in the short run, I, I you know, we have to make choices, and I, I'm pretty sure that the my the team members that we and we, we've talked about it are going to go along with my strategy uh, that I'm suggesting, which is that we'd rather not try to you know mix up as it were very likely terrestrial devices, however esoteric they are, with things that are. More again of the the kind of the UFO UAP ilk that we you know we think of. I can appreciate that, but have you noticed that most of the areas where this type of aerial activity is predominant and tends to ebb and flow more frequently than other areas, there seems to be a nearby military presence. Um, there seems to be traditions of sacredness by the indigenous populations. Um, there tends to be ebbing and flowing waves of anomalous activity, but you almost always see an accompanying military slash government slash covert black ops presence. So to me, it's almost built into the scenario. You can't avoid it. You can't say, well, we'll go down to, you know, eastern Texas um, or we'll go to, you know, somewhere in Kathmandu, well, or you, you know, well, you, you're always going to have a military, a, a military presence. And my point is, in North America, the major hotspot areas that deserve the type of of twenty four seven coverage that the UFO Data Project would provide, I can almost guarantee you that every one of them has some sort of government involvement. You know, that may well be true, Chris. I mean, if, if you look at the 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 uh, the a large boomerang case near St. Louis, uh, back around was it around 2000 or so. Yeah. Uh, uh, Scott Air Force Base was nearby. Now, w- w- you know, w- was Scott Air Force Base involved with that? You know, who knows? But my point is, is that you know, the United States is rife with military bases, even after the so many were decommissioned. Uh, you know, back in the uh, just after the Cold War, and s- because there are so many, um, you know, levels of military bases here of all types. Um, naturally when a sighting occurs, you, you're, you're close enough for that, for that, to, you know, to then to be another component of it. So I agree with that, you, know, that point you're making, but, um, you know, no, in other words, I, I'm just suggesting, you know, an extra sort of buffer layer of 
real-time analysis uh, for, for what it's worth. You know, an event happens, you have a certain amount of time to respond to that event, to determine basic general assumptions that you can rely on, that sort of thing. It's Something important to, to be able to do that real-time, especially when you're around any sort of government or military installation. Mark, we're just about out of time here. Can you possibly give our listeners some more information about learning more about UFO data? Um, If they're interested, please go to ufodata.net, the website. We've got lots of information there on the project. They they can sign up for our mailing list where we'll send regular updates. Um, And uh, if they have any questions, there's an email address. They can send those along as well. You can also find us on Twitter. You look for the PowerCast on Twitter. Also, check out the PowerCast on Facebook. There are two PowerCast fan clubs. Pick the one you want. We're not going to get rid of the other one. Of course, we have that special service, PowerCast Plus. The rates are going up on the 16th of November. But if you subscribe before then, you lock in the current rate. If you upgrade your membership before then, you lock in the current rate. We offer the ad-free version of the PowerCast. We offer after the PowerCast. We're just beginning to bring online full show transcripts. going to take a while to generate those. Videos, lots more. Also, we give free ebooks for long-term subscriptions. Check plus.thepowercast.com, plus.thepowercast.com for more. Leslie Kane, Mark Rodiger, thanks for joining us on The Powercast. Thanks for having us, Gene, thanks. Chris. I really appreciate it. Thanks very much, guys. I enjoyed it. The Powercast. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.